Praise God. You guys believe that? You believe that? Amen. He is faithful. It's amazing. Um, you know, long before I was ever pastoring a church, uh, when I would go to church, I was in a church in Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, you know, I was, I was there. I was a college student there and had grown up around uh, similar churches. But, you know, I, honestly, I, I hadn't been going anywhere. And I just made a determination. I am going to go. You know, it was, it was coming in a certain place. I, I just said, I'm going to go where God would have me to go. I don't care if I have to go to every church in this city. I'm just going to go until I feel like this is where the Lord would have me to go. And I'm going to hook up there. And, of course, you know, I started with the Rhema Church there. And I went, and it was great. And uh, talked to the pastors afterwards and told them, you know, that this is where I'm supposed to. Or, or, you know, it was great. I didn't tell them it's where I'm supposed to be, but I, thought, I said it was good. Um, and so I went to do a different church the next week, and honestly, it was like, yeah, I know I'm supposed to be at the other one. So I, it, was a, it was a fine church. But I left there and uh, came back and started going to this church. And it was, I don't know how many people they had at that point. It's hard to know, but I mean, they, they had Wednesday services and Sunday services. It may have been like 30, I don't know, maybe it was more than that. But at that point, I had a desire to be married. I was, you know, I had, I had just, I was close to being out of school. I was going to, uh, you know, at that point, I wasn't quite ready to be married yet, but I was, you know, I would be, I, I would want people my age. I should say it at that point. I wasn't ready to be, to be married, but I, was, I wanted fellowship. And when I went to this church, there was one other person that was about my age, and they were not somebody I was interested in. And I tell you, across the, the, um, the city, there was this church, but they didn't believe anything like what I believed. And they had, one of their focuses was a, a young, uh, young person's ministry. So they must have had 500 people. I mean, 500 like people in that ministry. And you know, if you're going by your head, you're thinking, I had to go there. But I mean, this is where I was, I was hooked up and said, no, this is, I didn't, I didn't agree. I would have had to be le- listening to stuff that, you know, as I was taught and what I saw in the Word wasn't there. And that's, that's not what I needed. So I went to this church and got hooked up there. And, uh, you know, when I told the pastors, I think the next time when I came back, I told them, uh, yeah, this is my church. I'm going to be here. And they were going, they were like leaving town the next week and they were going to have a guest minister. And of course, you know, they hear stuff. They're just like, yeah, yeah, we'll see. And I, I went and I was there. And, you know, as time went on, um, you know, I just volunteered wherever. I got in the, I was a greeter and then they asked me to help with the youth and I helped with the youth and then a little bit, not, not really a ton, but, um, you know, clean the church. And then, uh, you know, they asked me to play the keyboard one night, and the pastor's wife would play the piano, and they had this little keyboard. I started playing the keyboard. Eventually, I started playing the piano. She started playing the keyboard, and then eventually she just sat down, and then I was playing, and then eventually I became the music minister. And then I started filling in for the pastor when he was gone and preaching. And, um, and just step by step, and we knew we were going toward full-time ministry. I did, but I didn't... Um, you know, I, I still... I, I was an engineer. You know, I, was, I had taken my my uh, full-time job, like a year after I started going, I was like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm just going to keep working, but I'll go at some point. But 
I didn't really mean to get into all that, but just the progression. But I will tell you, so many times, I would show up, because I, I showed up Wednesday and Sunday every time the doors were open, and then men's breakfast and whatever they had, go to church, praise and worship practices on Saturday. But when I would come on a service, Wednesday and, and Sunday, it just amazed me how the pastor was speaking on exactly what I needed. And it wasn't just that he was speaking, it's the Spirit of God was speaking to me. You know what I'm talking about? He's saying something, but I'm like, I'm getting answers for what's coming up. I'm, I, it's what, you know, he may be saying one thing, but the Spirit of God's prompting me the whole time. And it just amazed, it's like, how are you, are you reading my mail? How is that going on? Over and over, you know, and then eventually I met Shelly. Shelly uh, came in and uh, God imported her from Oklahoma <laughs> to Nebraska to do a one-time music workshop. You know, I went to this church that in the natural didn't look like there was what I needed there. There was no prospects there. And God brought me, and you know, for me, everybody's got their different thing, but I, I wasn't interested. I was like, there doesn't look, I should be going across town, but God brought my wife from Oklahoma, of all places, so to come and, uh, and I met her and got married, and then we eventually went to Raymond in 2003. But I'm telling you, through our, we would, and then when we got married, we would be going to church, and maybe we'd get in the spat. You guys probably never get in spats, but we did. And uh, we were mad at each other or something, but we'd go to church because, you know, we were involved in everything, so you got to get up, and I would be involved in the praise. I got to go lead in praise and worship. I led the praise and worship for five and a half years. Shelly, when she came, she was a background singer. And then I led until I left. And I'm telling you, leading praise and worship is a different thing. If you've never done it, you are cutting. It's like you are, you're the, the spearhead. Everybody comes in, they're dealing with work. We're going to get into our message. It's just, this is part of it. Um, <laughs> this is the intro. You're going, you're, um, you're, go, you're coming up. Everybody's like thinking about the traffic or, if, or whatever. And they're coming up and looking at you and the music playing. And they're, you know, uh, you're trying to get them into the throne room. And it is, it is spiritual work. If you've never done it, I mean, you, you're, we rely on God, but you are coming and just, just corralling people. And where you need to bring them is into the throne room of God so that when the word of God comes, people are ready to receive because our hearts are open. You know, music is very powerful. It's, the order of service isn't just for the order of service. If you, if it's to open our hearts, to praise God, put our eyes on Him, open our hearts so that when we... Uh, when the word comes forth, it's able to be planted in our heart. That's the point. But I'm telling you, we would sometimes, I mean, I'm not saying all the time, but there was times where we would go to, we didn't want to go to church necessarily. We didn't want to get up in front of people. We were not happy with each other, but we would go. And I'm telling you, we'd lead pray, and we'd get, we'd get it dealt with enough before we got up. Don't misunderstand. We were like, you know, we we're praising God and whatever. But then we would be sitting there in the service and the pastor would be preaching and we would just, just get just fed and built up on the word. And by the end, even if there were some remnants of everything, we'd be like, ah, it's okay. You know, we would be back to, to normal. And um, it's amazing how God does that. He does it. All the time, if we are just showing up. So when we're praying and we're believing Him, you're not believing just to hear something. If I just get up here and talk, 
just out of my own head. It's not going to help. But if we're led by Him, it's, his, it's God's the shepherd. Jesus is the, the great shepherd. He's the chief shepherd. All we are is under shepherds. And it's not to, be, it's not to give a talk. And people call it a talk, like TED Talk or something, you know, 18 minutes, time it. No, it's not out of your head. You, we are just supposed to hook up with Him. Of course, you prepare. Of course, you have scriptures. But you're to hook up with Him, flow with Him. He doesn't, you're not like a puppet. He's not doing this, but we're flowing with the Spirit of God. And He is feeding His sheep. It's supernatural. It's not with our head. And so it's amazing how, how God does that. So I've all, I saw that before I was ever a pastor. And people would come up and say, I don't know, you read my mail. I said, I didn't. God knows what you need. I don't know what you need. All I need to do, I'd rather not know anything. I'd rather not know anything about any situations. What, sometimes it's difficult as a pastor if you do know something. And I'll just be honest with you. Once I start preaching, I don't really, I, I don't really even am very aware of a lot of stuff. People say, well, did you, get, you see me get up and go out? I honestly don't. I honestly don't. See, now someone's going to get up. Now, now. <laughs> right on cue. Good job. I'll pay you afterwards. I'll give you that five afterwards. No, usually when I'm in the service, it does not bother me. It does not distract me. And uh, I honestly don't think of things. So then I'll say something. And if I thought about it, I would think of a situation and I wouldn't say it. I mean, I, I would still say it, but I, I would have to do it with my head. But most of the time, I don't even know. I don't even think about it. And then I'll realize, oh, wait, somebody was dealing with it. Afterwards, I was like, I, I didn't even think about that. But we can't be led by that. I would rather not know anybody what's going on because then I don't have to deal with my head. It's just like you just pray what's on your heart or you just say what's on your heart and then you let you hook up. It's easier to hook up with God, but as a pastor, you're anointed to be able to deal with and preach uh, what you need to preach even if you know uh, some things that are going on. Praise God. God is so faithful. He is so faithful. We've been talking about offense and we're going to go a little bit further in that. Um, let's look at, we'll just put it up on the screen, Proverbs 18, 19. So when we pray and we're believing God, we're, you're believing to hear from Him, you just be believing with me that the right things are coming out, and they already are. Just what we've said right now, I believe we're inspired to do that. It's not just to cover things, but we're instructed. Proverbs 18, 19, it says, A brother offended is harder to win than a strong city. And contentions are like bars of a castle. Proverbs 18.19 in the New Living Translation says, An offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. Arguments separate friends like a gate with locked bars. So, you know, we touched on some things last week and the, the week before. We don't, we're not going to repeat all that. Going to go in a little bit uh, different direction with this tonight. That we already were going in uh, for some time. But um, we mentioned it somewhat in the first couple, and, some, and if you haven't heard those, I'd go back and listen to them because we, we kind of built on some things. We were talking about offense in general. Offense will steal from you. It is a tactic of the enemy to get us offended, and we'll see that again in different scriptures tonight. But it's a tactic to rob you of blessing and what God has for you. It's one of his tactics. So God has something good for you, whether it's a relationship, whether it's you know, uh, the right job, whether it's the right school, whether it's the, the right you know, spouse, whether it's the right church, whatever. 
there, or just the, the way God um, living his ways, you know, he, he has a way that, you know, you're going to relate to your spouse. He has a way that we should relate to our children, our parents, and it's peaceful and it's good. But offense will break that apart. Offense will rob you from the good thing God has for you. He, he desires for you to have this good uh, job and, a, and good things on the job. Well, offense will rob you of that. You get offended with your employer at an extreme. You'll quit and leave. I wouldn't even say that's the extreme. People do really dumb things and not only just quit, they, they just make a wreck on the way out, you know, mess up their careers. You know, you can destroy a good reputation in five minutes. You just start letting it fly and decide you've had enough. You know, take, take this job and shove it, like people say. And then you throw down your stuff and forget it. Well, when you cool down, now what are you going to do? You told them. And you know what? They're just talking about you back at the office. Whoa, did you see that? And they, if they got video of it, they're showing everybody. That guy went berserk. I mean, seriously, in this day and age, if you go on a long rant, it doesn't take too long that somebody pops up their phone Just a thought. I mean, it's, we can't, we got to watch what we do. But we can blow stuff up. Why? Because we got ticked. And we're going to tell them. We're going to give them a piece of our mind. Yeah, same thing with your spouse, same thing with your family, same thing with the way God has us to walk it out. And so we talked about some of that. But in general, offense is trying to rob us. Whenever you feel offended and offended, uh, you know, you, you are irritated with somebody, you're, you're uh, not happy. The Bible says offense is stumbling. And we said that Jesus is called the stumbling block. People stumble over him. He's, and if people are offended at Jesus, well, you and I, you think they're going to be offended at you or not? No, you're above Jesus. No, that's not true. So if, if people are going to be offended at, at Jesus, they have the, the propensity, the opportunity to be offended at people, but uh, offense itself is always something that's trying to rob us. So when offense pops up and we're like, we're, we, we find ourselves getting ticked, we have to ask ourselves why. Now, I'm not saying there's not reasons to be offended. There are, but how do we handle it? There are, re, there are ways to handle certain things, and are we going to let it? I've noticed this. When you're irritated at something... And we'll say maybe some of this in a little bit. But when you're irritated at something, especially you hear something taught, you hear something in the Word, if it starts riling you up and getting you mad, you have to ask yourself, where is that coming from? Why would you be mad if it's the truth? And if it's not the truth, if somebody's skewing something, still why would you be mad at them? If they're not right, if it's not the word, maybe you say, you know, I don't believe that. But if you know anything at all, you know you've made mistakes. You know you don't know everything. So rather than, you know, send somebody a, a letter or an email saying how dumb they are or telling them, you know, I mean, if you find yourself mad anywhere, I'm talking about, I've, I've seen this over the course of my life, and what I, what I saw was certain things that, I start to get ticked at when somebody was saying it. What I realized later is, is that's exactly what I needed to hear. And the offense was, I was, I was pushing against and that truth was coming and something was stirring me up. What? To avoid that, but that's what's going to help me. To watch it. 
And we'll see that in the Word. When something is from the Word is hitting you and you're, you're starting to be like, I don't know about that. And just, Well, what is that? Maybe it's exactly what you need to hear. There is an enemy and he tries to blind people and say, oh, you don't want that. You don't want that when he knows it's exactly what you need. Don't look at that. Don't, that's guy's, that guy's an idiot. Don't listen to him. Look at his hair. Don't, don't do that. That's what he does. Them shoes, oh my gosh. He'll try to get you distracted. Why? He's a deceiver. He knows you need this. I mean, you know, play sports and stuff. They'll, they'll try to get you distracted. Why? So that they can take advantage of you. We'll see that in a minute. Actually, let's just go over there right now. Mark 4, uh, 1. We'll see this. Offense is always... Always, always going to attempt to rob you. Now you can get, as far as, if something would offend your sensibilities, what we would call righteous indignation, that's one thing, and there could be anger associated uh, with that. But it's, like, you know, Jesus was angry at a time, and he turned over the money tables and, and things like that. He was righteous in what he did, but... We can't say everything is our righteous indignation. That's an excuse sometimes. A lot of it's just we're mad. We just get mad. And if we're just getting mad, uh, then we got to watch what we do with it because it could be separating us from something we need. Mark 4, verse 1 says, And again, he began to teach by the sea, Jesus. And a great multitude was gathered to him so that he got into a boat and sat in, the sea, sat in it on the sea. And the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Then he taught them many things by parables and said to them in his teaching stories, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. So somebody that's got seed, you know, he's uh, putting it around on the ground. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Uh, came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. It, but other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased and produced, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundredfold. And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Skipping down to verse 13, he said, And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all parables? The sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. So he tries to come. Notice this right here. So he's talking about this is like the, the seeds that are sown on top of the ground. The birds come and get it right away. These are the ones by the uh, wayside where the word is sown. When they hear... Satan comes when? Next week? Immediately. Like that. Well, that's when it's coming. He's coming why? Satan's just coming just, just out for no reason? No, he's coming immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Why is he after the word? Because the word is what will produce in your life. The word of God is truth. 
The Word of God is right. It's been tested. It's been tried. I don't care what theories people come up with. I don't care what philosophies. I don't care what quote-unquote experiments. If it contradicts the Word, then it's, it eventually is going to be shown to be wrong. There's a flaw somewhere. And that happens all the time. All the time. If you've been around any time at all, you will see the new way of doing something. And if it's not based on the word, it's just a matter of time before it's not the way anymore, something replaced it. And that happens a lot faster now because we're just advancing. Quote, unquote. So people are writing stuff. But did you see, if you've seen how people zigzag, this is right for you to eat. Now it's not right for you to This is the way you should sleep, but now we don't really believe that. This is how much you need. No, you don't need it. How are you going to deal with all that? you got to base everything you do on the Word of God. And God isn't specific on certain things, so you got to be led by the Spirit of God. And then walk it out according to His truth. If it is in the Word of God, it is true. And I don't care if somebody says it's not true, they will come back and say, actually, that is true. It will happen in reverse. No matter what men go and say something isn't right, if it's in the Word, you can... You can Chalk it up, you can count on it. It will be shown when the dust settles, when everything is said and done, God's word will stand. So that is what is going to produce in a man or woman's heart. If we do that, it will start producing in our lives. So Satan can't stop you. He can't stop the word itself, but what he can do, he tries to get it out of your possession. One of the ways he does this is by offense. Right away. The word's coming. It's going to change your life. It's just in your heart. He'll try to distract you. He'll try to get you offended. I just don't know if I can receive from somebody that wears that type of shirt. And just, you know, start looking. And what's he trying to do? Get you to reject the word. He couldn't care about the clothes. He doesn't care. He'll use anything, any button he can. He'll, he'll use anything he can. And he knows men and women like you wouldn't believe. I'm not exalting the devil. He's just been around for a long time. And anybody, you think certain people are real, you know, worldwise, world worldly, traveled. Uh, Satan is much more so. So he can see you and me coming a mile, 10 miles, 100 miles away. And he knows he's seen, you know, a bunch of people like you. He knows your personality. He knows what you've done. He, he's not omniscient like God. He can just tell. You know, if men and women can size up character and size up traits like that, some people can read people, somebody that's been around thousands of years can do it, and he's a con artist. So he sees, ah, this is one of them. Watch this. Tells this to one of his little imps, you know, watch this. And, you know, he's not the one doing everything. His little imps are, all i got to do is push on this little thing, and they'll drop the word like that. All I have to say is, well, what about that? And they're like, and then they're done. He's got plays. Again, I'm not exalting him. He's just, if, if you think, if somebody that had been around thousands of years and people think they're so smart, if you've been around 50 years, you're nothing compared to a being that's been around. They're smart. You can't deal with that in your flesh. Your mind, nobody is that smart. It'd be like you messing with a three-year-old. They don't have a chance, hopefully. <laughs> You could, you could, I mean, it doesn't matter how smart the three-year-old, they're a three-year-old. You could tell them all kinds of stuff and, really? You could, you could have them going in circles. You know, you could mess with a little kid so easy. And we think, well, I'm 50, I'm 60, I've been around. Uh, you are less than a three-year-old compared to a being that's been around a thousand years. They can look at you and go, watch this. They just have you going in circles. The only way to avoid that is the Word of God. 
because God has been around forever. So it doesn't matter that you don't know. It doesn't matter that somebody can push your buttons. All you have to say is, what does the word say? I'm going to do that. And he tries to jerk you around. You, you won't let go of it. You say, no, no, this is right. You will win. If you stay there, he cannot beat you because it's right. So what does he try to do? He knows that. The only way you can take him and be victorious is if you do what the word says. Because he knows he can't deal with that. He has no answer to the word of God. The word of God will put you over every time because it's right, it's true, it's life. That's why Satan likes darkness. That's why he likes lies. That's why he likes, he, 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 uh, he, he warps things. Because that's where he works. He tries to get you away from the word because he can eat your lunch like that. Because you're no match for him in your own intellect. People that think they're smart, that's exactly where he wants them. Oh, you're so smart. Oh, you are smart. Hey, have you ever thought about this? They're so smart they don't believe in a God. That's awesome. For the, de the devil. Oh, you don't believe there's a God. And there's no me either. There's no devil either. Whew. Hey, smart guy. Oh, and you are so smart. And he just have them going in circles and they think they're smart. A humble person will go, yeah, study. Yeah, get schooled, do what God has called you to do, but don't start to think you know it all. God's word is above all, and I don't care what my circumstances are. If I'll hold on to the word, then I'm going to go up. Satan knows this. That's why he's going to try to get you to release the word. He doesn't care about you. He knows if you get a hold of the word, your life's going to change, his influence is going to diminish, and you're going to start affecting the people around you. So what does he do? Tries to poke at you. Tries to push at you. Tries to get you to drop it. You know, the word, when you see a, a game being played, whether it's soccer, football, those type of a game, where they are trying to get the ball, they don't care so much about the player. They are trying to do something that will make them mess up, release the ball. You know, when somebody is going, uh, you know, has the football running, they won't... They're not even necessarily going for the ball. They will come and try to grab their arm and jerk it, whatever, just so that they let the ball go. Somebody else on their team can get it, whatever. They are after the ball, and after you're over there, you're out of the play. They're not going to go after that person. They're not trying to get him, tackle him for the sake of it. They're trying to get the ball. That's the word of God. And so one of Satan's tactics is get you to get offended at the word. That's why when I was saying earlier, when you start feeling offense, when the word is coming, gets you distracted, you need to go on high, high alert. When you are offended about somebody you're with and you've been hooked up with and has you've heard the word of God and you've grown and you've nourished, never despise the ministries you've been hooked up with. There are many uh, different areas and groups and, and calls in the world and we're not all the same. We all have a, a, a place to be and you have a different background from people and that's why God has called so many. We don't all have to look alike. It's just that God has, he uses humans. Humans have come up through different areas as much truth as he can get into them, and he'll anoint people to do certain things. That means by the Holy Spirit, enable them. Anointing just means an enablement. It's an endowment. It's the ability. The Bible says that Jesus was anointed above all his peers. He, it means that he was enabled to do something. When you're anointed to do something, it means the Holy Spirit has gifted you to do something. 
Well, if you've been hooked up and you've been able to grow and you've seen fruit, be, always be on guard when then there's, Satan will always try to disconnect you from that. He will try to get you offended. Something, you know, if the word's coming forth and you're going, I just don't know about that. And if there's a kind of a, an offense and anger, just be on guard. Like I told you, I've seen that m- number of times in my life where... I didn't realize it till later, and then I started to see this. But there were times I was mad. I would, somebody was preaching something, and it's just like, I don't, I don't agree with that. I think that's stupid. And you attempted to be critical and say something. And it was a while later, then I'd realize I agreed with it. I started to see the light. And there were times when I was really irritated, meant to, starting to get like really critical. And then I realized later I was wrong. With the word that was coming forth, there was something trying to get me agitated because it was the truth I needed to see. And it was actually trying to separate me from truth and blessing and God's word that will bring me up to the next level. So it's easy. You could be reading something. This is, you could be reading the word at home and see something go, I just don't understand that. I don't know. Why would God do that? Okay, be careful. Where is that thought coming from? Is God telling you to be careful of himself? No. You have help. Whenever you, people say, well, I just don't understand the Bible. It looks like God was unjust. Well, that just means you don't know everything. If you see, if we would see everything, we would realize God was perfectly just. He is perfectly right. It's just we're like that three-year-old, and if a three-year-old came up to you, go, I just don't understand this, so it must be wrong, you'd be like, number one, they wouldn't articulate it like that. But let's say it's a, you know, six, seven-year-old, whatever, telling you, trying to tell you, well, you, I, I, don't, I don't understand. I don't see that. So you're wrong. Okay, so number one, I can't explain that to you because you, you haven't even heard this and this. Okay, I can try to put it in your terms, but just because you don't understand it, child, you know, six-year-old, well, I don't understand I mean, I remember when I was little, I heard the word calculus. They mean nothing to me. And as I got further and further, it was like this mysterious thing, because I'd hear about the older kids up the street talking about calculus, and I was like, what's that? It's some of this advanced form of math. I just didn't know what it was. But if they would have tried to explain calculus to me, and I hadn't taken all the stuff before, you'd be like, I don't understand. So then what? Calculus doesn't work? Calculus doesn't exist? All the people that do calculus, you know, to do physics and everything, they're all wrong? Just because me at 10 think all the math there is is like, what is that, fourth grade? So what am I doing at that point? Multiplication, division, I don't know. Why would you ever need the integrals and all that kind of stuff? What is that? I don't understand it. You know, if we get offended with God, that's what we're doing. If we go, well, God, I don't understand. Why did you do that? Well, maybe we don't understand everything. Maybe we just need more of the, the light of the word. And instead of going, God, you're wrong. Maybe we should say, God, I don't see this. Will you please show it to me? Would you show me? Help me to get light on this. Help me to show what that is and you know, how the different scriptures go together. It says, and these ones by the wayside where, where the word is 
uh, these were the, the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Offense means, one, one, word, one uh, meaning of it is to stumble. Notice, they receive the word, but they don't have any root in themselves. They endure only for a little bit, because when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, they stumble. So something comes up that they don't understand. Something comes against them that they don't know. They're going through a situation. And you know, we were, I encourage you, if you didn't, if you didn't hear Sunday's message on God is faithful, go back and listen to it. I'm not saying that because I preached it. Because there was just light and there was, there, there was, it was a, it just, it was good. There was, it, the, the, the atmosphere was charged. God is faithful. He is faithful no matter what we think, no matter what we know. He is above all. And His Word is truth and it's constant. And we need to understand that when things happen that we don't see everything, we don't. We don't know everything. You don't know everything. I don't know everything. We, the Bible says we see as through a glass darkly. We see part. That's not a bad confession, that's the truth. No human being sees everything. Otherwise, you would be God. And we're going to be in heaven for millennia, forever, and still be learning. That blows our minds. See, our minds just, just can't even comprehend that. How could you just go on forever and not know everything that there is to know? Because God's infinite. That concept, although we have placeholders for it in our teaching and our understanding, you know you have the symbol infinity, our minds can't really understand that. If you just say something has always been, God has always been, He didn't have a start, immediately your mind says, well, everything has a start. That's because we don't understand like God does. Who says everything has to have a start? Just because everything we know has a start. The Bible says He's always been. Even if there was a start, then what was, just ask yourself the question, if there was a start, what came before the start? What's there? Nothing? It's infinite. And He always will be. And His knowledge is infinite. So even if we've been around 10 million years, we don't know, we know and we, there's an infinite amount that we don't know. So when we go and we're walking on earth and we come up against a situation and we say, well, I don't understand this. Okay. There's a whole lot we don't understand. Just because we don't understand it does not mean God's wrong. And when stuff, this is what happens, when tribulation and persecution arise for the word's sake, they stumble. Why? Uh, offense comes. What is, Satan knows. See, here's the deal. Satan knows that we don't know everything. And he will bold-faced lie to you about what God is doing. He'll say, God is failing you. And he knows full of well. He'll, he knows exactly what's happening. But he knows, and I said some of this on Sunday, but I bear repeating this context. You see this much. And he'll say, in your perspective, you can't see what's going on. Where's God? What's God doing? 
and he knows full well, if you just zoomed out a, level, out a little on this frame, God's done this, 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 and this. It's just he's going, you can only see this. He knows you can only see this. He knows you're a three-year-old, and you're like, I don't understand. And he's like, yeah, that's because God, he's failing you, and the Word's failing you, and where's God, and what's going on? And he knows full well God has done this and this and this. You just can't see it. And he will lie to you and say, where's God? And he knows God's right next to you. But if he can get you to be offended at God, what, did, what happened? We're, t- we're, we're, we're stepping back from our source. And if we step back from the word of God and the spirit of God, now we are mincemeat because we are no match. You cannot take on, on these forces of evil alone. You can't, they, the, 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 the deception has ensnared of any area. Anything that's against the word will not lead to blessing. It will lead to hurt and pain and death and destruction because the Bible says Satan comes to steal, to kill and destroy. Anything, when he is trying to get you to separate from God's word, his goal is to kill, to steal, to destroy, to mangle. He, he lies to people. He does it all the time. He says, this, oh, God has failed you. Go over here so he can kill. He'll say, oh, you can't see. And people say, yeah, that's right. I can't see. And they'll go over here. And he know, he'll do this. So what's one of his tactics? Get you to be offended. Get you to get mad at him, to say, God's wrong. Now, if, any, if we just stopped and thought about it, and we talked about it some on, on Sunday, if God is wrong on anything, if he ever fails on anything, His integrity and His faithfulness and His Word is what upholds the universe. He is not going to fail for your case. We're important. Don't misunderstand me. We're children of God, but it's much bigger than us. And so for us to go, I don't get it. I don't get the Word. What does this mean? The Bible's wrong. This doesn't make any sense. Where's God in my situation? This is happening. I'm doing the word. What's this persecution happening? What's this tribulation? What's this going on? If we bite, this is what, the, this, is what this, this parable is about. Satan is after the word to get us to relinquish it, and this is different levels. Some people, it come, the word comes down, boop, it's gone, and he's like, done for the day. Easy day. Some people, they get it a little bit, they start running with it, but a certain, as soon as something pops up, they don't understand, they don't know, persecution, oh, they release it. So there's a, you know, there's a progression here. Verse 18 says, Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things, enter and choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Other things choke the word out. Then there are the ones sown on good ground, those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit, some thirty, sixty, and some a hundredfold. So as the word comes, we're going to be tempted to let go of God's word in any area. Part of God's word is he's faithful, he's good, he has got our best in, in, in mind. That he is, always, he is always on our side. That he has good things in, in store for us. 
He is always good. And Satan, on the other hand, is trying to get us to let go because the further we go with the Word of God, the fruit is just going to keep coming up. It's going to keep bearing. It's going to keep going because it's life. It's light. It's truth. And as we'll just keep doing God's Word and say, oh, yeah, I'm tempted. I, I'm, I'm riled up, but I'm not biting. Then we stay on the path and we just keep trucking. We keep going and we keep knowing that, that God is good. Let me read you this scripture in closing. Right, we got we to gotta quit because of time. But I just want to read you this uh, scripture in James. James 1 verse 12. You mark this down, look at it more later. James 1 12. It says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Notice verse 13 again. Can you go back up? Are we in verse 13. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Verse 14, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when the desire is conceived, it is, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings death, because that's what the enemy is after. Death. But notice temptation will come. Well, I just feel mad. Well, okay. Where's it coming from? Is it based on the word? Because God's not going to have you rail against somebody. He won't do it. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every, now notice this, verse 16. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Don't be deceived. Who's the deceiver? Satan is the deceiver. And he has a playbook. And he is trying to run the plays. And he has seen them work. So he's using deception, play 56. And it's coming into your life. And he's try he knows. He's trying to ultimately steal, kill, and destroy. He's trying to get you away here. And he says, do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from where? Above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. He said, don't be deceived. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. He's saying, don't be deceived. God's good. And it comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation and no shadow of turning. He's saying... Don't be deceived. God's good. He's constant. He doesn't change. He, every uh, good gift comes from Him. Don't give in to the temptation to think otherwise. Stay on God's side and don't, you could say, you're not going to be stumbling. You're not going to be offended. Don't, when the temptation comes, stick to what you know. Stick in that lane that is the Word of God, because the Word of God won't fail you. Satan will try to get you out of the boundaries, and he's tempting people all over the world now. Well, this is the newfangled thing. Well, this is the newfangled thing. Put it up against the truth of God's Word, and does it line up? 
If it lines up, you stay, use what's, what may be good, but just stay in that lane because anything outside the lane is what, where Satan wants to take you. He wants to pick you off. We need to be aware of that and just say, nope, the temptation's coming, but I won't move. I know, I, I'm, I'm, I've been taught, you may have been around for a long time, but my God has been around forever. I'm going to do what he says because what he says is right. I'm not going over there. Daddy said, don't cross the road. I'm not doing it. Yeah, but there's good stuff over there. Nope, there's also a semi coming down the road. I am staying straight here. Mommy, Daddy said, don't go there. Don't go there. I'm going here. We, th we don't need to think we're so smart. See, that's what he wants. Ju if we'll just say, no, he said it. That's what I'm doing. I'm sticking. We're protected. Praise God.